It's time for Fish Facts TV. Welcome to Fish Casting, the fishing podcast. I'm your host, Tanner of Fish Facts TV. Uh, sorry for the delay. You know, I'm always going to make excuses of why we haven't been around, but busy work, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the drill with the holidays coming up. Hopefully we'll get some time to get a pre-Christmas episode up. Um, so we'll have another one coming to you shortly. And uh, we both have done a few because we haven't even recorded since before Thanksgiving. So I know I've fished at least three times since then. Um, but Tim, I will let you take the lead today. What do you got? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Um, as Tanner said, we've been very busy, both of us. So it's been tough to carve out time that both of our schedules work. Um, but luckily for me, I was able to get out uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So that would have been Friday. And I had my brother in town and his son. So my nephew, who's I think eight years old, the three of us went out on a nice chilly fall day. Um, we were blessed with some really, really nice weather. Um, light winds, uh, pretty much no chop on the water. Um, we were targeting hogfish. So in the late fall and uh, winter, I like to start kind of switching gears and, and targeting hogfish with shrimp on the bottom. Um, so this was a, a relatively early trip. Um, I kind of like to, to really target them into December and then really hit its peak in January and it kind of slacks off in February. It's it falls in line with their spawning season for these hogs. So they bunch up on the ledges and live bottom, and it just makes them a lot easier to catch because there's so many in a tight proximity and they're not spaced out all across the ledge. So we set out the three of us with 20 dozen live shrimp and 10 dozen fresh dead shrimp, um, fishing with light tackle, um, 20 pound test leader and 25 pound test leader. On, on a medium action rods, um, 3,000 and 4,000 class spinning rods, fishing knocker rigs, jig heads. Um, and that was, that was pretty much it. Um, we didn't send any big baits down to the bottom. Uh, we did put a flat line out, which I'll talk about later a little bit, but we had a really good day. Um, the, the bite was one after the next, um, catching grunts and mangrove snapper, um, got a couple really nice hogfish over the rail into the boat. Um, some big males um, also caught a, a really nice kingfish, which was a, a big surprise. Didn't expect that um, about a 25 pound uh, king mackerel, but um, it, it was kind of a, a weird day at the same time. Normally when we fish for hogfish, there's, there's a lot of bycatch, which comes in the form of porgies and mangrove snapper and grunts. Uh, and they're more aggressive than the hogfish because the hogfish kind of stay back until you've caught these other fish and then you can kind of get into the hog bite. Um, what we were running into Tanner was just a lot of mangrove snapper, just so many mangrove snapper, um, but not really big ones. You know, they were of keeper size, you know, offshore the, the 12 to 14 inch range, but it was, it was kind of tough, you know, like being a person who, who really enjoys eating mangrove snapper to just be sending all these snapper back one after the next. So, um, normally that bycatch is mostly made up of grunts and porgies, um, and grouper gag grouper. Um, so all in all, uh, we, we did really well. Kind of the, the, the surprise of the day was just how many King mackerel were around and also kind of how finicky they were being. 
we were hooking king mackerel on knocker eggs as we were sending them down to the bottom with shrimp on them but we also were able to, to um, jig up you know maybe a dozen or so big herring that we were trying to get these mackerel to eat but they wouldn't touch them um, they wouldn't touch the flat line if there was any wire on there the only way we could get the flat lines uh, working is with 20 pound test fluorocarbon and the minute those kings would hit that they would just bite right through the line so didn't do well there. Um, but the funny thing is, is I, I sent a, a large live herring down to the bottom uh, to try to catch a big mangrove snapper, a big grouper. And the minute it hits the bottom, boom, I'm on with something big. And it's, it's dogging me towards the bottom. It's keeping it down there. And then it starts coming up. So my mind goes cobia. And then the minute it got to the surface, I see a big flash of silver and it just takes off and just dumped, you know, the majority of the spool of my line. Like I said, I'm fishing with a a 4,000 class Shimano Stratic reel, 25 pound test leader on a, on a light jig head, a three eighths ounce jig head and this big herring. So uh, that took us a while to get in. Um, we didn't chase it or anything. We had the anchor out. We we're on a nice spot, um, really getting the ledge fired up. So that was a big surprise. Um, all in all, I think we kept three keeper hogfish. We got a limit, a three man limit of nice mangrove snappers. Um, we caught a bunch of nice porgies, um, some grazeby grouper, uh, a yellowtail. I'm trying to think what else. It was just a lot, a lot went, went into this. We caught a lot of fish and, um, you know, it was my nephew Reed. It was his first time being offshore that far. I think he'd been out about 20 or about 10 miles, excuse me, in the past. So to go out close to 25 miles to get away from all the buildings, um, was a really good experience for him. And he did a great job. Um, we also did catch two keeper gag grouper. I don't know why I forgot that. Those were really nice to get uh, uh, in the box as well. And then as a bonus on the way in, it was such a nice day, such flat calm that we decided to run the boat down some uh, stone crab pot buoys and search for triple tail. And in about an hour, I think we spotted eight triple tail and we caught seven of them. So pretty good. Uh, none of them were keepers. I don't really do that type of fishing that often. Um, this time of year when the stone crab pot uh, buoys are out, the triple tail are in force off the beach. But generally speaking, when I'm on my way in, I like to get back and fish clean, get the boat clean and relax a little bit. So uh, it was a different um, experience. I haven't done that type of fishing in a while, but um, definitely, definitely really exciting to, to use that light tackle, throw in big jumbo live shrimp. Um, at these triple tail sight casting for them and, and watch a meet. So a good day all around, had some fun with the family and uh, we brought a lot of fish back. Well, Tim, it sounds like you had quite the successful day. Um, you know, I love catching those 12 to 14 inch mangroves. When you were first saying that you were tossing them back, you know, you didn't tell me you had that, uh, that full uh, limit. So um that makes a lot more sense that you filled the cooler with the mangroves first, and then you started catching even more. Do you know how many your, your total uh, mangrove count was? I don't. And, and we were catching, you know, big ones mixed in with the smaller ones. I call the smaller ones, you know, the, the 12 to 14 inch range. So it was kind of a dilemma, like at the beginning, you know, if, you, if you're catching them also in the 16 plus inch range where you're keeping those, those are no brainers, but you're also looking at this 14 inch, you're going, we're not quite at the limit yet but I'm going to let you go knowing that there's more down there. Um, I don't, I don't know how many we caught. I, I would probably say close to double, you know, so five per person, 
we kept 15 mangroves. So we probably caught at least 30 between the three of us, I would say. Um, pretty conservative guess. Yeah, I confuse that sometimes. I guess it's uh, five per person for mangroves, 10 total snapper bag. Mangroves count towards your bag. So you can keep, you know, lanes aren't in the bag. Yellowtails are. And I think all the rest. Red snapper are not, are they? Uh, I'm not sure. I just know you get you get two of those one in the, when they're in season, when all the stars align. Um, I like to check the regs before I go out, especially for those red, those red snapper, because you can't you can't be too careful. Yeah, I've been using the Fish Rules app lately a lot. Um, you know, I always would download the FWC PDF and double check with that. But the Fish Rules app, even when I was up in Rhode Island, that works really well. You know, it uses your GPS location. Um, and you really can uh, figure that out wherever you are, and it gives you the most up-to-date regs. Yeah, definitely. I, I use the Fish Rules app, too. Uh, it works pretty well because it does have uh, offline capabilities, um, so when you're offshore. Um, one more thing. I don't know if you can hear it, Tanner, but I, uh, Tanner and I, I, I'm recording at work right now, and I, I work in a place where there are animals. And there is a parrot outside that is going bananas. So if you hear that, uh, Tanner and the listeners, I apologize, but there's not a whole lot I can do about it. I haven't heard the parrot, but I do appreciate the heads up. Maybe uh, maybe some <laughs> of our listeners will. I know my cats personally were uh, going a little crazy. Um, but with that note, I will get into my three uh, trips, unless you had anything else you wanted to drop in, Tim. No, I, I don't think so. I'm um, going to try to make it out this weekend, depending on the weather, and uh, really really going to be focusing on, on more hogfish here over the next uh, month or two. Well, you know, I'm going to be in uh, Sarasota in January, so maybe, uh, maybe we can figure something out then. Yeah, it'd be nice to link up and, and give it a shot. Well, all right. I will start out with my Thanksgiving trip, which was terrible. Um, we went to Destin, Florida. And I uh, fished four mornings. It was freezing cold and we did not catch anything. So um, it was, I guess I did end up getting two small catfish and I had another bite that was a really heavy bite. I think it must have been a red, but it could have been a big catfish. Um, basically, I was dealing with one rod, it hit on the other rod. And as soon as I went to go grab it, I'm not sure if the fish was still on there, but uh, the rod fell down into the sand and it had gotten wrapped around the spool. So as soon as I put any pressure on it, it just snapped that line right off. But it was down into the 30s. So it was a pretty, pretty miserable time to fish. But I was just hanging out with my in-laws and didn't have a lot else to do. On my way back to Miami, I did stop with my parents in Jacksonville, and I was able to pick up a couple sea trout off my parents' dock with a fly rod, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, I've never caught a lot of fish on flies, so that was uh, something I really was able to enjoy. Yeah, fishing, uh, I'm guessing it was surf fishing when you were in Destin uh, in that cold, cold uh, weather. That doesn't seem like a lot of fun. And the fact that you're only catching catfish in four days. I don't, I don't blame you. That, that was a, uh, seems like rough sledding. Yeah, it, it was quite the rough sledding, but you know, it happens. I still wanted to give it a try. Um, but I just wanted to mention that I did that. Cause I think in our last episode, I mentioned that I was going to, but I, uh, I have a couple other trips, so I will move on to the next one, which was not last weekend, but the weekend before that I went out of Miami 
back with the boat club, uh, got the regular crew. Um, first spot we hit was the Amberjack wreck. Uh, you know, the, the Amberjack spot where I've been catching a lot right before I went to Rhode Island, um, went there, was a little, a little choppy, but, um, you know, the, there were some fish there. We ended up getting a decent, uh, Graysby, about 16 inches that, uh, the, went to the cooler, uh, one keeper mangrove. And, uh, we got a bunch more of those nice, um, Amberjacks, which we still aren't sure what kind they are. So we've just been letting them all go, but they're about anywhere from 16 to 23, 24 inches. I still think they're graders, but it's just, it's hard to say for sure. Um, so I'm erring on the side of caution and letting those Amberjacks go. Um, so then we went into the bay to try uh, another one of my go-to spots in the ship channel. Um, had a lot more luck there. Started out a little bit slow, you know, picking off little fish here and there, you know, undersized yellowtail, um, some red groupers, some grunts. Um, and then right before we were about to leave, the, the school of mangrove rolled, rolled in and we just started pulling them out one after the other. Um, also got a couple cool little muttons, about 12 inch muttons. And I pulled out a nice, probably 18 to 20 inch black grouper. So still, still short, but a, a great fight. And uh, my buddy caught a couple 16 inch red groupers. So not anything for the table. We ended up getting about three keeper mangroves and that uh, Graysby for the cooler. So it wasn't the greatest day, but we were only out there for the, a short half day, a four hour trip in the morning. So, uh, you know, I consider that a success. No, definitely. Um, I, I think it's smart to to be cautious when it comes to those amberjack, whether they're greater or lesser. And I, I know we've touched on it before, um, but it is really difficult to tell. Um, I have a hard time uh, making the determination uh, of what they are. Um, there are ways to do it, but it's really tough when you have a fish, especially you know any of the the, the jack species that are generally really kind of wild. You get them in the boat and they're acting bananas, and it's trying to make that determination. It's just, it's better to err on the side of caution and let them go. Uh, I did see a picture of that black grouper. Um, that's cool. And what a surprise. I, I know you guys get them over there, but um, to be inshore, right, in the ship channel like that, to get, the, to get a nice black, that was a pretty fish. That's really cool. Yeah, overall successful day, especially for a half day. Um, and it was nice to get back out on the water. Hopefully, you know, traveling to see some family. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to fish in the coming weeks. Hopefully me and my dad can at least try to get a half day this weekend. Um, so it was nice to be able to get out in Miami when I did have some time. Um, and then the reason I couldn't go this past weekend is because uh, I went to a bachelor party with a mutual friend in Isla Mirada. And, um, you know, a lot of those guys really like to fish, but don't necessarily have the experience. Um, so I've just bought some chum, bought some shrimp and went out to the reef. It was pretty snotty you know, two to three footers. If it was me and my fishing buddy back here in Miami, we probably would have stuck it out. Um, we, th there were, there were big yellowtails, you know, 14, 15 inches. They weren't thick, you know, they weren't, um, there weren't enough to keep the non-fishermen interested, but you know, if we would have stayed out there with the 
Shaman bait that we had, we easily could have, you know, caught at least a dozen, if not more, but you know, it was a little snotty. Even I was feeling a little seasick. So we decided to uh, kind of give up on those on the front side. We did manage to get a pretty good yellow Jack um, and three good yellow tails in the cooler. We had another one that was about an eighth of an inch too short um, that we did end up throwing back. So then we went to the backside and tried a couple different spots, um, some bridge pilings. We pulled a couple keeper mangroves off of there, but again, 10, 11 inches, nothing big. We saw uh, some kind of huge shark chasing a permit for like 45 mm. seconds. It was one of the craziest things. It was just like a huge splash, the shark and the permit both coming out of the water. Um, it's unclear who was the winner of that fight. But it was very interesting to see, you know, there we did end up getting small yellowtails came in really thick, but by small, I mean, six, seven inches. So nothing, uh, nothing we could take home for dinner. Um, and I was getting a little bit disheartened at that point. Um, so I just started looking at Google Maps, uh, kind of like the way we always talk about, you know, look for some structure. Um, you know, we were in a boat, so we didn't have to look for parking. Um, but we were just looking for, I was just looking for different things that I thought looked fishy. Um, and I found a little channel that ran between two small mangrove islands. And so we ran back there and it was a, it was a few miles back in the bay in, uh, Isla Mirada. And, you know, it, the, there were not a ton of big mangroves there, but there were so many, there was eight inch mangroves until your heart's content, you know, especially with the people without as many, as much fishing experience, everybody got to catch as many mangroves as they wanted. Um, I got a one nice Jack that was probably about four or five pounds. Um, couple small Jacks, couple nurse sharks, a few keeper mangroves. Um, so overall it was fun to get some of the less experienced fishermen on fish. Um, but it was a little disappointing that we didn't have a little bit better weather. Yeah, uh, I saw some of your, your your reels or whatever they were, story stuff about you being down there. And uh, I think in one of the one of the the um, action shots, uh, it did look a little rough. But uh, I did see a lot of fish, and you know everything that you're saying, you ended up um, you know utilizing what you had with Google Maps and and finding a, a spot that was safer and more comfortable and also very fishy for you and the guys to to get into and have some fun. Um, now, how big was that permit that the shark was going after? That sounds like a really neat interaction. Uh, it was pretty big. You know, it was probably about 10 or 15 pounds, but the shark was probably 15 feet long. So it was uh, it was an incredible thing to see. Um, and, you know, hopefully the permit made it out alive, but it's hard to know for sure. Yeah, you hate to see like such a cool fish like a permit, you know, getting taken down. I understand it's, you know, the circle of life and it happens you know, all the time, but, you know, I w it wouldn't bother me if maybe some mullet got taken out or a few, few stingrays or something, but not a, not an awesome permit. <laughs> yeah. Very disappointing. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess the next thing we can talk about is, uh, the fish of the week, unless you had any other questions. No, um, I don't think so. Actually, never mind. I do. Um, did you use boat club boats down there or, or what were you guys fishing off of? You, no, you we rented you boats. boats. And it was, it was quite pricey. So, uh, it was, it was, uh, a little pricey, but they were really nice boats. Um, they chugged a lot of gas, but it, it was fun to get out there and, uh, just learn some new spots. 
Definitely. And, you know, having, having a handful of dudes out there that can all chip in, hopefully it didn't hurt the bank too much. Oh, I'm sorry, Tim. I'm, I'm a little distracted. Uh, as you guys know, we're, we're both Florida State fans and uh, Florida State just lost its uh, number one recruit um, and to apparently Barstool Sports. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little distracting and I apologize if I'm, uh, I'm a little bit out of it. Understandable, I guess, Tanner. Yeah. So, what were you saying again? No, I, I was uh, just saying it was. It's probably nice to have you know a handful of guys that were able to, to split costs. You know, when when you're renting a boat, even though that it was expensive and uh, bad on fuel, but uh, having having a bunch of people always helps. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The only thing I could have asked for was a little bit better weather. Mm, yeah, well, unfortunately, nothing you can do about that. Nope. On that note, we'll, uh, we'll hit the fish of the week, the nurse shark. That is Ginglymostoma serratum. Tim, what can you tell me about a nurse shark? Yeah, nurse sharks are, um, you know, they're sharks, so I like them. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big shark fan. I don't like catching sharks i don't like keeping sharks um they annoy the crap out of me when i'm fishing for reef fish or um other plagics and they come up and and uh and steal uh what i'm catching but other than that i'm a big fan of, of sharks in general uh they, they provide a, a um they're critical within the food chain and and i understand you know what they do but nurse sharks um they're they're hard to explain for me. Um, I've had a lot of really cool interactions with catching nurse sharks, but they're always bycatch. Like I said, I don't target sharks. Um, it's if I have a big pinfish or a big bait on the bottom or I'm fishing grouper and you get a big hit and you, you your rod bends over and you're cranking on it and cranking on it and you think you got the biggest gag grouper in the world. And all of a sudden it comes up and it's a seven foot nurse shark. You get kind of ticked off. Um, they're, they're really cool. Um, their eyes look wild. They, they like to, you know, live on the bottom. They, they pretty much lay around on the bottom. I've had a lot of really nice interactions with them diving where you can come right next to them and, and touch them if you want. I don't ever encourage touching wildlife in, uh, out in the ocean, but um, they're, they're a cool fish. Um, not my favorite. I've never eaten them. Um, I know people that have and um, people swear by them. But like I said, I don't I don't personally um, like to catch and, and keep sharks, so I haven't tried it. How about you, Tanner? So I actually have eaten them one time. Um, someone we met at our hotel had grilled some that they caught. Um, I would compare the flavor to that of a soggy sponge. Um, <laughs> if it was to this day seared into my memory as one of the worst tasting things I've ever had. Um, so I thought it was really gross, you know, on a slow day, especially if you're fishing, um, inshore and that's the biggest fish you're going to get. They are, uh, they can be fun to catch. So I will give them credit for that. Like you said, generally they're disappointing, but there are those slow days where you're just wanting to feel that big tug. And, uh, sometimes the nurse shark can fill that void. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine that I, um, they would taste like a, 
soggy sponge just kind of looking at them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think they'd be very appetizing, but um, uh, I, I have heard that some people like them. I don't know if it's just the way of cooking them, if there's something special, you know, similar to some of the, the fish that are labeled as trash fish. Maybe people have a certain way of cooking them that makes it more palatable, but I would not know. Yeah. All right, Tim. Well, on that note, um, I got about two hours of sleep this morning. Um, and I'm going to try to get back to sleep between that and our terrible uh, Florida State news. Um, but before I go, I just want to re- remind you guys, um, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us that five-star review. Yeah, please do. Um, you know, we do this for fun and we like to keep the content rolling. So any comments you guys can can drop us on, on any of our platforms as well. Um, keeps us going and and we really enjoy it. So thanks everyone for listening. All right. Thanks. See you next time.